prayer. And that's what we're going to be talking about today online and in person. And I bet just about everyone alive has said a prayer these last few months. I bet you people that said they don't even believe in God have said a prayer these last couple of months. There's little doubt that we need help, that life gets overwhelming, and so we turn to prayer. There's something instinctual inside of us that turns towards prayer. I I saw this uh, come up on Facebook in the Wall Street Journal. It's a picture here that they're talking about the, the scientific power of prayer, that they've researched this, that the prayer has power, and if you notice in, in that, that, that statement there that, that the pr- word prayer is being Googled now more than ever before because we, we need to connect with God when our lives are falling apart. There are some that make fun of prayer. There are some that say prayer doesn't matter. You may have even felt like that at different times in your life, like, God, are you even hearing what I'm saying? And yet, we still instinctually call on the name of the Lord. We instinctually know that we need to pray because at some point we run out of solutions. We, we don't have the answers, and, and so we have to turn to something that does have the answers, and so... We instinctually, because God put eternity in our hearts, he, he put him on our hearts, and so we call out to the Lord because we don't know. If there's one thing I, I've learned watching the news the past uh, few months is that we really don't know. I watch pundits get on there and they start pontificating for an entire segment as though what they were saying was the gospel truth, but when they're pressed, to the very end, are you sure about that? And they always come to this conclusion. Well, we really don't know. And it's when we don't know that our heart turns to the Lord. And so I want to just look at the first two verses of Psalm 116 this morning. It says, I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy, because he turned his ear towards me. I will call on him as long as I live. I love that. When Edgar read that, something just began to bubble inside of me. I love the Lord. Look at those first words there. I love the Lord. The psalmist starts there, I love the Lord. Have you ever heard the the phrase, keep the main thing the main thing? Keep the first thing the first thing? Loving God is the first thing. We talked about this last week, that that Jesus gives us two commandments, the two most important commandments is love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love others. You got to keep the main thing the main thing. You got to love God first. That's where it all starts. When you put God first, when you put God at the center of your life, everything changes. It affects everything in your life. Every relationship, every situation, everything that's going on, it is impacted by your relationship with God. And God wants that relationship with you. He wants that to be the main thing in your life. In fact, Revelation 3 says he's knocking at our door. It's in our heart and saying, I want to be with you. I want to eat with you. I want to be close to you. I want to be in 
relationship with you. And so we communicate with God. We cry out to God. We pray to God as the psalmist prays here. And we cry out to him. And, and we communicate with God. And communication is probably the most important thing in life. When I do premarital counseling, we always talk about communication. And we talk about that a little more than most everything else because there are a lot of issues in marriage, right? There's a lot of things that we need to talk about, but, but you need to be able to talk about those things. So you need to talk about communication. Can I share what's on my heart with freedom and with clarity? Can I, can I hear, can I receive what's being said to me? So communication is essential in any relationship. We know it's essential in, in marriage, and, and it's really essential in our society, although nobody's really listening to each other right now, but, but communication is so essential. And so he talks about that communicating with God, that, that, that prayer with God from our reading. And if you just look at verses 1 and 2, if you have your Bibles open, and, and we can put it back on the screen if we need to, but in those first two verses, it, we see that we love the Lord because he hears our voice. I want to tell you, God's always listening to you. He's listening when you call. And when people say prayer doesn't matter, it doesn't make a difference, it does. Because God's listening. And then it tells us that God answers our prayer. That God is active in our life, that he's at work in our life, whether we think he is or not. When we uh, just say, okay, God, are you really there? Yes, he's active in your life. And not only is he active working everything together for good, uh, he's also speaking to us. And we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And then he says, I'll call on him as long as I live. You can go to God again and again and again and again throughout your life. As long as you live, you can always go to God. You can always talk to him. You can always pray to him. When we think about prayer, there's a lot of different things that come to our mind. Maybe it's affected by how you grew up or church or life, but you have a certain mindset or thought what prayer is, but I want to give you the Hebrew word for prayer, because we're looking at the Old Testament. The Old Testament's written in Hebrew, so the Hebrew word for prayer, the thing we're talking about today, that crying out to God, that prayer, is the Hebrew word pagah, pagah, and it literally means to impact or collide. It's that we have this collision with God, that we come in contact with him, and we have this collision, and in that collision with God, we're changed. You probably already know this, but if you're going to buy a used car, one of the main things you want to ask is, is this car ever been in an accident? Has this car ever been in a collision? Because if it's been in a collision, it's really never going to be the same, right? I mean, it's, that's what you check. You want to say, has it been in a collision? And this is what prayer is. This is the description of prayer in the Old Testament for you and me. It's this collision with God where we're changed and we're never the same that we would have this collision with God, that it's not these prayers that we just say from, from memory, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, you know, uh, that, that God is good, God is great. No, it's, it's that we, we go to God and we collide with him, we share our heart with him, he shares his heart with us and that we meet with him and we collide with him and we're never the same and we do that in this ongoing communication that it isn't a one-time thing where I collided with God and I'm never the same, but every day I'm colliding with God in prayer. I'm sharing my heart with Him. He's sharing His heart with me, and I'm staying in Him. That's right. I love it. The kids are getting involved up here, that we keep colliding with God. That impact keeps coming, and it changes us. 
D.L. Moody was preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and he was talking about how we need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, and he was preaching on that powerfully, and, and someone came up after the service to challenge him and says, well, well, I thought we had the Holy Spirit. Why do you need to be continually filled with the Spirit? I have the Spirit. Why, D.L. Moody, do you need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit? And I love what D.L. Moody said. He said, I need to be continually filled with the Spirit because I leak. I leak. As the day goes on, I leak. I'm full, it's overflowing, but then I leak. So I need to be filled to overflowing, and then I leak, and that's just our life, isn't it? That you and I need to be refilled every single day. That we can't just be full and, oh, got it. If, if something just stays full and, and never leaks out, if, if that just stays full, it'll get stale. So you're, you're meant to be full and to leak God's love and his power everywhere you go. We need revival in our life to come, a reawakening, a refilling in our life. D.L. Moody had a friend. His name was R.A. Torrey. Um, apparently, they all liked having their first initials there. But so D.L. Moody and R.A. Torrey. And R.A. Torrey gave a, uh, a recipe for revival. And, and uh, he, he spoke this wherever he went, and he saw great revivals broken out. It's on the screen there. How to Have a Personal Revival. This is by R.A. Torrey. He says, Get right with God, pray for revival, and put yourself at God's disposal. He said it'll work every time. Follow this and it'll work every time. And so we start by getting right with God. We start by confessing our sin. Not somebody else's sin, our sin. It's so easy to point out other people's sin, isn't it? And when we hear a, a, a message preached on a sin that we don't have, we really like that message, don't we? Give it to them, pastor. They need to get right with God. But then if you ever preach on my sin, no, hold up, hold up, hold up. You know, we want, we, we do that. We just point out other people's sin and God says, hey, I want you to look at my word, to look at my holiness and to shine that light inside and get right with God. You get right with God. Don't worry about the next person getting right with God. You get right with God. You confess what's in your heart. You get right with God, and then you pray for revival. You pray for that awakening. You pray for that refilling. You pray that God's Spirit is poured out on the clean hearts that are now coming to Him. You pray that God shows up in a way that, that nobody can deny that it's the power of God. And so you pray for that revival, and then you put yourself at God's disposal, and you say, God, I'm available. Whatever you need, God, I'm available to you. I'm available every moment of my life. When I wake up in the morning, when I go to bed at night, all throughout the day, if I'm at home, if I'm at work, if, I, if I'm with a stranger or with a friend, wherever I'm at, God, I'm just at your disposal. And I'm going to tell you, God will use this formula in your life. This is God's word to us. Imagine, just look at that. Imagine if we all did this, each and every one of us. Imagine if, as a church, we did this. Imagine how the world would begin to change if this is how we lived our life, because like R.A. Torrey said, he traveled the world preaching this, seeing revival break out wherever he went. Imagine what would happen in our lives, in our world, if you and I confessed our sin, if we prayed for revival, 
And then we just worked for the Lord. We lived for him. Whatever you want, God, I'll do it. No questions asked, God, I'll, I'll do it. A lot of people are asking me right now if I'm worried. If I'm worried about our world. If I'm worried about the church. Am I worried that we're in the end times? I do believe we're in the end times. But I'm not really worried. I'm actually going to tell you I'm excited. And let me explain why. I want to give some perspective today before we, we go back into worship and pray that what I'm about to talk about you'll never see on the news. But don't get your news from the world. Get your news from God's Word. Don't get the bad news. Get the good news, okay? So I'm going to give you some perspective here. And when I'm talking, I, I am not turning a blind eye on tragedy. The, our world is broken. It needs healing. I, I understand that, but, but let me tell you what I see in our world. I see what hap is happening today is a repeat of almost 50 years ago in our nation's history. When you go back to the 1970s, you look at what the world was like. You say, we're so politically divided now. Do you remember 50 years ago was Watergate? Political division. There are some significant issues when it comes to race and racial reconciliation and racial injustice. Do you remember the 1970s and the race riots? I was just a little boy, and I remember how bad it was back then. You know, if, if you think back to that time period and you think of the sexual revolution and, and the drug use and everything that the world probably looked like it did it completely out of control. What's going to happen? And, and you begin to look at that moment in history and what was birthed in that moment in history was the Jesus people revival. It was during that time that God sent a supernatural revival among the young people that really changed an entire generation that are now adults. And so you see what God did back then, and let me tell you that that is beginning to happen now. You will not see it on the news, but there is a new Jesus people revival, revolution, that is beginning to happen. And like I said, it's not broadcast on the news. But did you know that at the very spot that George Floyd was tortured and murdered, that at that spot there has been prayer meetings, worship gatherings, the gospel's been preached, altar calls have happened, baptisms, healings. There's a picture of a baptism happening on that spot, that there is revival coming to our nation. You'll never see that on the news, but I want to tell you that God's at work. God is moving in this time, and we need to get in the middle of what God is doing and begin to pray for revival to come to Chicago and New York and Minneapolis and Seattle because God's Spirit can be poured out upon a younger generation and we could see our, our, our churches full with a younger generation coming in with Jesus on their heart, Jesus on their mind. Because listen, there is no hope in this world. There really is no hope in this world. But Jesus is coming back and he's going to set everything right. But until then, we are the light in the darkness. We do share the good news. And so I'm going to ask you to pray for that. 
something that you may not know because we live in the United States of America, but there is actually revival happening across this world in other nations. I talked to different um, missionaries, and they're telling me how many people are coming to know Jesus right now. In some of the fellowships that we're belonging to, we're stagnant in growth in the United States, but people around the world, the, the, the fellowships are now becoming bigger internationally than it is here because God is pouring out His Spirit. We put our hope in God. We don't put our hope in what we see on the news. So put your hope in God and change the way you pray. Change the way you pray. Stop praying the bad news back to God. Oh God, look at this. Oh God, look at that. Begin to pray prophetically. Begin to pray the good news. If you're worried about getting sick, God, thank you that you are my healer. God, thank you that you keep me strong. If you're worried about your job, Lord, thank you that you are going to provide for every need that I have. If you're worried about your children, thank you, God, that you are the God of prodigals, that you're going to bring home my children and my grandchildren. Begin to pray for your world. God, Lord, we see division, but God, you are a God of unity and love. Lord, we proclaim your spirit to be poured out. Begin to pray prophetically. Begin to pray God's word. Stop praying bad news and start believing and praying the good news because God is at work even in the midst of the darkest moment. He is our light in our darkness. Remember that today. I'm going to invite Damon to come back because our time is going pretty fast here today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and hearts with me today and really listen to what I'm saying in the next couple minutes. We're going to sing Waymaker uh, again, and then we're going to get on our knees and we're going to pray. I like what Damon said earlier. Just, it just sparked something in my mind when he said, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. And so we're going to bow and we're going to pray to Jesus. I want you to prepare your hearts to pray. But listen to me now, and if you're online, just listen to me. Just bow your head right wherever you're at. Everybody just listen to me right now. This is only possible through Jesus. Everything we've talked about, the hope, the, the power, the filling, the, the forgiveness when we ask for it, all of it, it only comes from Jesus. The world is looking for so many answers that they'll never find in this world. People are looking everywhere, and then finally they're turning to prayer. So I'm going to have you turn to a prayer today to ask God to forgive your sins. And that you're going to make Jesus the Lord of your life, that that's where your knee bows. And, and I want to tell you, he is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other way, no other truth. There is, there is no real life without Jesus. I believe that more now than ever before. And so I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and then we're going to sing, and then we're going to get on our knees, and we're going to go. But, but this may be the most important time. And so everybody here in our sanctuary, everybody that's watching online, everybody that hears my voice, uh, maybe even years from now on the Internet or wherever you're hearing this, pray this prayer. Surrender your life to the one who loves you, the one who forgives you, the one who will show you the way, will be the truth, will be the life, will keep all his promises, and will return and make everything right. 
Repeat these words after me as a prayer from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen.